Are you ready? Yeah. Are you with it? Yeah. Okay, let's go. You know what to do. The whole world's watching and counting on you. And all you people listening out there, everybody, everywhere. Hang on, hang on, hang on! Welcome to Checkered Past, a loving postmodern examination of the Go-Go Check branded comic magazines published by DC Comics between February 1966 and August 1967. I'm Dr. Bob, and each week I'll be your guide on this trippy tour through 535 mid-century masterpieces of graphic noveldom. This week, Detective Comics number 353, cover date July 1966, cover price 12 cents. Cover artists Carmine Infantino and Joe Giella, edited by Julius Schwartz, featuring The Weather Wizard's Triple Treasure Thefts, written by Gardner Fox, art by Carmine Infantino and Joe Giella. And The Puzzling Prophecies of the Tea Leaves, written by Gardner Fox, art by Carmine Infantino. Are you ready? Are you with it? Then away we go-go! Welcome to the world of love and laughter, baby. Welcome to the sunshine of a brand new The Weather Wizard comes to Gotham City and announces that he has stolen three valuable treasures without being caught. Art collector Felix Bayard worries that his priceless drinking cup has been stolen and replaced by a forgery. He calls an art expert to verify the artifact, but the expert is really the Weather Wizard, who then steals the cup. Meanwhile, Sue Dibney visits a fortune teller in Quaker City. When the predictions come true, her husband, the elongated man, investigates. Ralph visits the fortune teller himself and is told that he will soon stop a robbery. Concerned? Don't worry. I'll be right back with Dr. Husband to explain everything. And 30 crooks go flying clear across the room They try to get away, but they know they can't escape That nemesis of crime who wears a mask and cape Look out for the Batman Look out for the Batman With Robin at his side He's busy day and night Upholding law and order And fighting for the right So look Watch out. Well, you couldn't have ordered up a nicer day, right? Even if you whipped out your weather stick. (laughs) It's a beautiful day outside. I'll say. And here we are, once again, in the office, recording. Welcome back. Thank you. We've been gone for three weeks. Has it been that long? Yes. Wow. Well, we are so busy. First, we went on vacation. Mm -hmm. Then you were still on vacation. Mm -hmm. And then it was the 4th of July. Right. Well, so many things have happened. So, so many things. Um, anything new to report? We went to Biltmore. Yes. Had a lovely time. Yes. Got to see my family in Florida for the first time since May of 2019. Yes. That was wonderful. And uh, it's good to be home, and I'm looking forward to my, my vacation is coming to an end today. Your and what? Your medication? My, my vacation. Oh. <laughs> my medication. <laughs> Feels Dear like it. God, please don't stop taking your medication. <laughs> so here we are. Here Detective we are. Detective Comics number 353. Mm-hmm. Out of the pages of The Flash, storms the Weather Wizard to unleash a blistering attack against Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, Flash looks uh, pretty dumbfounded that Weather Wizard is leaving the pages of his magazine. No, I think he'd be relieved, but... Um, well, yeah. Let Batman handle it. Um, 
Were you familiar with The Weather Wizard? Not at all. Surely you remember his portrayal by actor-comedian Jeff Altman in The Challenge of the Superheroes. Indeed I do. Followed by the superhero roast. Yes. Excellent, excellent performance there. <laughs> I remember being a child and being so excited when that came on television. Um, I was excited too, but guess what? What? I didn't get to watch it because uh, I, I think it was during Lent and my mother made me go to church on Wednesday evening, which meant I also missed The Bionic Woman. Oh my and God. you can imagine how that made me lose my religion. We... <laughs> That's me in the corner. Um, I No, I have to take that back. I did see the roast episode, uh-huh. but I did not see the previous episode where they had all sorts of uh, quote-unquote adventures. Yes. <laughs> Running around L.A. in costumes. Yes. Yes. With laugh track. Yes. It's a great show, though. It's available on DVD. Yeah. I have it, of course. Of course you do. So the splash page, we read... That rain and wind and falling hail, sleet, lightning, and whipping gale. Whipping. These are the calling cards of the weather wizard, master of the monsoon, tyrant of the typhoon, emir of the elements. Mm -hmm. Having had his fill of the flash in Central City, he moves his base of operations to Gotham City, where Batman soon is enmeshed in a stormy battle to prevent the the weather weather wizard's triple treasure thefts. Trying to stop me, Batman, is like banging your head against a wall. A wall of ice. <laughs> we get a lot of good weather puns coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that it's fair to say that he's moved his base of operations because he continually throughout the issue uh, mentions that he's just warming up to go back to torment the Flash. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that on my read-through. Oh, well, mm-hmm. you're a skimmer. Carl Infantino. Carmine. Carmine Infantino. I'm sorry, 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 listener. Uh, Carmine Infantino. Yes, uh, well known for his work on The Flash, Mm -hmm. as well as his work on The Batman during this period. It was he who designed the yellow circle on Batman's chest insignia. Mm -hmm. So, the great reservoirs that feed water to Gotham City are almost dry, for they're in the middle of a four-year drought that's terrible i know they apparently have six reservoirs i have no idea if that's a lot for a major metropolitan city i don't know i don't either we've driven by the reservoir outside of washington dc yes you suppose that's the only one i have no idea well they've there a river runs through washington dc of course a river runs through most cities because that's where you build cities isn't it indeed where there's water right um suddenly Over each of the six great basins, torrential rains pour down, filling the huge tanks to capacity. Right over the tanks. Only over the tanks, Mm -hmm. we might add. Mm -hmm. Even as the city marvels, a strange message is written across the sky in frost crystals. In frost crystals. It was I who filled your reservoirs in appreciation for Gotham City having given me the opportunity to steal three of its greatest treasures. Not even the owners realize they have been stolen. The weather wizard... Surrender, Dorothy. (laughs) Soon after this strange message appears in the sky, Felix Bayard, in his mansion, he's a noted billionaire collector, he anxiously opens the huge steel door of his private vault to ensure that the rare drinking cup of solid gold, which is absolutely priceless, and the only one of its kind in the world... That it wasn't stolen. That it wasn't stolen and replaced by a fake. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was not stolen. Mm -hmm. He sees it's there, but now he wants to make sure that it's not a fake. It hasn't been replaced by a And the only way he can do that is to call the foremost art expert located in Gotham City, Mr. Haverford Mims. (laughs) Haverford Mims. That's a great name. It is, isn't it? Yes. And so within the hour, Haverford Mims arrives... He needs only moments to determine the authenticity of the golden cup, and he assures Mr. Bayard that indeed it is the genuine article. Golden cup of Ur. I'm trying to decide what the shape of this cup is. It kind of looks like an animal, but there's... Like a ram? Like a ram, but with a parrot head? Mm, you know, I, 
Uh, I think it more looks a lot like a gravy boat. The golden gravy oh, boat. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Unless the... Oh, it's I a see. ram's head. The head is on the end that I thought was the tail. Right? I, I'm not exactly sure where one drinks. Because if that's a ram's head, sort of, and those are the horns going around, then maybe you tip it up. Maybe you hold onto the back end and the front. Or maybe it like comes the uh, the liquid comes out of the the back, mouth the back end the butt yeah I doubt it I didn't want to sit, no. be crass and say that oh but, wait now you're introducing some level of of sanctimonious uh, proper restraint well well yes if you're oh. going to put it like that okay um suddenly. Lightning fast hands whip away the garb of Haverford Mims to reveal that it's secretly the weather wizard. <laughs> that's that's kind of silly. Why? That he takes off his disguise as Haverford Mims and, and puts, puts on, on another disguise. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially think I, I think that his identity is publicly known at this point. I would think so. So, uh, the weather wizard, what? It was a trick to get into this vault and steal my cup. He says, my dear sir, you know... I don't, I don't know what his voice is going to be, so I'll, um, My dear sir, you don't know what you're saying. Only the Flash has ever been able to stop me. Maybe. And you aren't the Flash. Not by a long shot. That's, a, that's not a very good villain's voice. No, he's kind of a wise guy. Yeah, yeah, I like this one. Uh, Weather Wizard creates a driving rainstorm in the room. That's going to ruin the carpet. Absolutely. And, now, let's talk about this for a second. Yeah. In order to create weather mm -hmm. you have to concentrate energy in a specific area mm -hmm. and it's not like the moisture from the uh, that is falling on the billionaire um is generated from nothing all matter must be converted from one thing into another so i'm assuming that he concentrates this energy and all of that rain is pulled from the surrounding area yeah which would potentially and concentrated in such a form that it could potentially endanger people around as the water is pulled out of the atmosphere around and concentrated into one specific area. Right. Um, well, that's, first of all, I'm very proud of you. That's excellent comic book science oh, thank theorization. You. Thank you very much. That's exactly how it would work. Mm -hmm. um, yes, and we do see, for instance, with Storm of the X-Men, mm -hmm. She's always having to deal with the consequences of, like, if she creates a rainstorm, it's going to dehydrate someone nearby or create a larger weather pattern that she can't control. Mm -hmm. Is she? Yeah. I don't, wow. I don't remember that from the X-Men comics that I read. I, of course, I didn't read a lot well, of Well, right, comics. right, right. And you wouldn't see it in, you know, mainstream. Well, you did in X-Men 2. She created those tornadoes, and then they were out of control. Yes. Remember? Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, what's his face? Bayard is helpless underneath the rainstorm. And Weather Wizard is off to... All he needed to do was step forward two feet to get out of the rainstorm. Oh, well, like, unless, of course, the Maybe Weather Wizard Maybe he slipped. Was, unless the Weather Wizard was moving it around. Uh, yeah, that could be. Right? So... Uh, Weather Wizard makes his getaway on a beam of solid rainbow. Wouldn't I like to do that sometime? Well, Just skip away in a rainbow. <laughs> he is uh, stealing the thunder of another Flash foe. Oh. The Rainbow Raider. Oh. Who actually didn't exist yet at okay. this time. He's an 80s creation. Um, so Weather Wizard, it turns out, did not have any idea what the three greatest treasures in Gotham City were. He, it was all a fake so that he could trick people into going into their safes to see if their treasures were stolen. Now, when you read the story on the previous page, when you saw uh, the millionaire going into his, or the billionaire, mm -hmm. what's his name? It starts with the B. Uh, Fayard. Oh, Fayard. Bayard. Felix Bayard. 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 Um, did you know that the sky writing in Frost was actually a ruse that he hadn't actually stolen the three treasures yet? No. I did. As How? soon as Bayard opened up the safe and saw that it was there, I was like, I thought to myself, oh, he just said that to make people check their safes. And of course, like I knew before I turned the page that the Weather Wizard was going to show up and be the art appraiser. Well, look at you. 
Uh, so it seems that the weather wizard tapped the phone of Havingford Mims. Wait. It was Haverford before, and now it's Havingford. Thank you. What? Nice catch there, Dr. Bob. Maybe we've switched Earths and <laughs> didn't know it. Someone didn't wasn't paying attention. And when Felix Bayard phoned, he waylaid Mims and posed as him to get his hands on the gold drinking cup treasure. Interesting. So we reveal his mode of operating. Now... Um, we go to the Batcave. Yes. Mm -hmm. Scowling. I love it. A scowling Batman is dressing for his night patrol. Er, grr, er. Do you think he's grunting as he's doing it? Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, so Batman has no idea which objects were stolen. Mm -hmm. He has no clue to go on. No one's even reported a theft until... The phone rings and he says, I'll get that. Ring, 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 ring. So it's Commissioner says, Gordon, yeah. <laughs> he said, you've got to rest your wrists, you injured playing basketball with your school team. Did you know that more often than not, injury in basketball is caused by bad technique and a lack of understanding of sports medicine? Neither of which Robin has a problem with. So Right, because Robin's a, a noted gymnast from a family of gymnasts. He's an acro a circus acrobat. Well, the same thing. He knows how to use his wrists. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, Batman has forbidden Robin to fight crime because his wrists his wrists have been injured playing basketball. Second of all, it's very kind of Batman. How the hell does this kid have time to be on the basketball team? His night right? night patrols and crime fighting and detective work. When does he sleep? I guess he doesn't. As usual, it's Police Commissioner Gordon calling Batman to report that they've been flooded by calls from people owning unusual and valuable objects. But Felix Bayard has just reported the robbery by the Weather Wizard. And Batman will be right over. I really like these next two panels on the next page. At the entrance of the Batcave. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, uh, we have to apologize to a listener who lodged a complaint. Oh, a complaint. From three weeks ago. Okay. That we did not pronounce... Animal Man in the correct vernacular as Animal Man. Animal Man. Sorry about that. Uh, forgive, listener. Although we d I did do a little variation on that. I said a man. A man. A man. I said yes. a man. Yeah. Well, that's that was it, intentional. Well, and that's how it was spelled. He wasn't actually called Animal Man yeah. in the issue we read. He was right. a man. Amen. But our convention is usually to take M-A-N and make it unstressed. Like, well, yes. Like Batman. That's the Hawkman. Queen's English, <laughs> and we're queens, so... uh I'll bite your tongue. Robin sure would like to be going along and whip up a storm of his own against the Sultan of Storms. He would. But he's not. He has to stay behind. Mm -hmm. uh, in Commissioner Gordon's office, they are coming around to the conclusion of Dr. Husband that since the Weather Wizard wrote the sky message... Before the robbery, that mm. was just a fishing expedition. Right. And treasure owners all over Gotham City took the bait. I had to read these next three panels a few times to figure out what the hell was going on. Because I wasn't quite sure where Batman was going with this. I, I mean, I knew what was happening. Yeah. I, like, I knew who the hooded figure was in the trench coat. Yeah. And I was right. But... I just couldn't. I couldn't piece it all together. So Bruce Wayne thinks, or Batman thinks to himself that Bruce Wayne could be the next victim because he owns the fabulous Raja Ruby bought by his father while on a trip to India. And as Bruce Wayne, he, um, it's a. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So later that night, it's, we get this third panel at the bottom of the page. Later that night, a dark figure moves like a shadow across the study in Bruce Wayne Mansion. Yes. Steals the ruby. Yes. From the case, jumps out of the window. Yes. Makes into the flower bed and runs away and rushes into the night. Um, we should also mention that the, dr the drought is over. It's raining now mm -hmm. in Gotham City. Next morning, when Batman returns from his nightly patrol and switches back to Bruce Wayne, his safe is open. The Rajah Ruby. Stolen. Thanks, Robin. Robin's totally fallen down on the job here. Because Bruce, I heard you come in and went, uh-oh, what a switch. Right? Well, maybe he was catching up on sleep. Because because he's not allowed to sleep. And you know, teenagers, when they're growing, mm -hmm. they need they a need lot more, more sleep. sleep. Yep. Yes. Um, 
So uh, Dick didn't hear a thing. Nope. They were robbed, and he was no help at all. That morning, after Bruce Wayne has reported the theft of the Raja Ruby, police and newspaper reporters flood the mansion grounds. Now, the detectives discover that the thief jumped out of a window and landed in a flower bed. But the footprints the footprints end in the grass, and there's no way to follow them because the drizzle had washed away any evidence of that yeah. to follow them. But... In a dark cloud which hovers ominously above Wayne Mansion, there's a different kind of threat. It's the weather wizard riding a cloud. How does he do that? I don't know. That's a pretty awesome power. I mean, it almost looks like he has turned himself into a cloud. Well, we know that he hasn't really done that. Well. Yeah. Um, So, weather wizard has an idea. He's going to uh, cover himself in a thick fog so he can't be tracked. And then he's going to turn the ground into, like, frost. Yeah, he's going to coat it with frost. So he can see the footprints of the escaping crook. I love the words hoarfrost. Actually, I thought hoarfrost was one word, but Mm H-O-A-R, frost. I thought it was one word. but I guess we'll never know. Yeah. Uh, So Weather Wizard uh, is going to track the thief that stole the ruby and steal it for himself. Mm Mm-hmm. He tracks the footprints to a cave near the sea. The trail leads to a nearby sea cave where the hollow boom of the surf echoes like distant drums. I like that. You know, just like you hear the roaring of the sea. Um, As everyone knows, Gotham City is in New Jersey. So this will probably be somewhere near the Palisades, maybe. or The Palisades are on the Hudson River. Well... It's all water. <laughs> Isn't the Hudson River brackish? It's fresh water. It does open into the sea. I mean, it does empty into the sea, so there will be a brackish zone, but the Hudson isn't a tidal river. Okay, okay, okay. I think I'm wrong about that. I think maybe close. I'm not sure how far up the Hudson River there is a tidal zone, but because it does open, uh, it does uh, empty into the sea, there is, of course, some tidal activity of the Hudson River. Um... Now, we also know that Gotham City is across the bay from Metropolis. Is that which supposed is to be New in, York City? No, Metropolis is in Delaware. So I'm trying to figure where the nearest sea access would be to Gotham City. Probably pretty far north, right? Well, New Jersey does have beaches. Right, the Jersey and, Shore, famously. And Jersey and New York City are across from each other. right. Separated by the Hudson River. Right. Um, and the New York is, Manhattan is an island. Mm-hmm. So. It's shaped like a man. As you know. That's why they called it Manhattan. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to recall images in my mind of what. I, I, I believe you can access a sea from the portion of New Jersey that. Uh, borders the Hudson River because it all empties out into the ocean. So, like, there's a bay. There's a you know, it's a Hudson Bay, I guess. That, oh, oh, I, I think that's up in that. that, that's, <laughs> that's, in Alaska. that's in Alaska, right? Um, it's a good thing that we don't uh, teach geography in schools anymore. Well, we would be looking at a map. I'm doing this all from what I can remember in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, no, there's a ca- there are capes. There's the there there are capes in New Jersey. There Cape are, May. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yes, it is. Absolutely plausible that there could be sea cliffs in New Jersey. Yes. Close enough to Gotham City that Weather Wizard could track it on foot? I don't know. I doubt that. Anyway, there's the ruby. And there's something else in the cave. Batman. Batman himself. I'm sorry, who? Batman. Yeah. Uh, uh, Weather Wizard whips out his weather stick. (laughs) And a wind of hurricane force lifts the cowled crusader as if he were a leaf. pretty awesome weapon he has there yeah yeah i can't remember where he got it or if he invented it or and you know used his amazing weather control invention instead of patenting it and being rich for life Hmm. uh just use it to commit petty thefts so for every cause there is an effect yes so if one's always messing with the weather 
that it, there must be an effect happening somewhere, either locally or far away. The butterfly effect. Mm-hmm. Weather Wizard uses the wind to fling Batman against the cave wall. Batman is ready for it, and his legs spring into action, launching toward the Weather Wizard with a mighty whack. Nice punch. He lands a, uh, some nice punches there. This is a whole page of punching. Yeah. Uh, so he knocks Weather Wizard to the ground with crushing impact, rushes ahead, and suddenly rushes full force into a suddenly appearing thick wall of ice. Mm, that was smart. Uh, Weather Wizard all the while cackling that you're no Flash, Batman. Mm-hmm. The Flash would be fast enough to stop me, but not you. So Weather Wizard creates a giant cube of ice. I guess I could have just said ice cube. It's more like an ice prison. He doesn't... Yeah, it's he, hollow inside. It's hollow inside, yeah. It's just the you know what's walls. weird about this? We're going to get into this in a minute. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Um, so, apparently it's soundproof because Weather Wizard says you could read my lips. Uh, the ice is formed of special chemicals that will cause it to melt in two hours. If you don't try to escape, there's enough air in there to keep you alive. But if you do try escaping... Lights out. So this is it. He's created this ice cage, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but cage implies that there are bars. Just an ice block with its hollow inside. With his weather stick. But he says it's made of special chemicals that will cause it to melt in two hours. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was interesting because the weather stick, I assumed the weather stick used some form of channeling technology that allowed him, maybe that the weather wizard had some sort of special powers but the fact that the ice is made out of chemicals means that those chemicals need to be replaced or replenished mm-hmm. um there's a finite amount of uh supply mm-hmm. and i don't see a utility belt with extra um uh, with extra chemicals no in fact his uniform is very form-fitting yeah there's no place to hide anything not a thing so i i just thought that was interesting which would for me i just sort of tucked it away in ah a weakness so maybe it's like those cloud seeding chemicals and that's where he whips up the instant moisture cloud seeding is uh small particles of dust Mm -hmm. that they fly into uh, wisps of clouds like you can't like you cannot just go into a bare sky with no clouds throw some chemicals up there and create rain. They basically find clouds that are floating by and, and fly up into them and add things to them which create more weight mm-hmm. in the moisture and which brings it down in, in the form of rain. Hmm. And how about ice cages? How do they <laughs> form those? I don't know. So I think know. we might be on onto something. I, okay, again, uh, sorry for the sidetrack. It's just that... Um, if indeed he uses chemicals to aid in his creation of certain weather-like devices or weather-like patterns or weather weapons, that would, Im- ergo, one would know that there is a finite amount of power uh, and capabilities or, or that it would limit the number of things that he could do without having to replenish those chemicals. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And thus... A weakness. Right. So uh, we failed to mention that, as we all guessed, the burglar at Wayne Manor was Batman in disguise. Indeed. It was all a setup to get the Weather Wizard into the sea cave. This this issue's all full of setups and ruses. I know. So Weather Wizard has uh, taken Batman's utility belt before trapping him, so Batman has no way to get out of the ice cage especially if he wants to live with the limited oxygen. Yeah, which becomes a real threat here in a second. Neat pictures on the next page of him sitting on top of the cloud. Yes. So now Weather Wizard has the cup and the Raja Ruby, uh, and he goes off to steal his third treasure, which I guess he doesn't know what it is yet. Mm -mm. So he notices something strange about the Raja Ruby, and he shines a beam of something. And he, he does that because he says he's taking a moment to reflect as one was, was one does when one is riding on a cloud. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, this Batman, he's a little bit smarter than I thought he was. And because it, 
because he's smarter than I thought he was, I bet he's done something to this ruby. Mm-hmm. So he bathes the ruby in some kind of light, which reveals that the ruby is emitting something that allows an infrared tracker to track uh-huh. it. Mm-hmm. We should also pause to mention how great Weather Wizard's hair is. Thank you. Don't you Fantastic. love it? Fantastic. Yes. Yes. Swept, just curly, wavy, swept up and back. Close and at the bottom. Just nice, Long clean. on top. Awesome. He looks like a uh, beatnik. Maybe that's what led him into his life of crime. <laughs> sure enough, Batman has coated the ruby with something that's going to allow it to be tracked. Yes. So Batman, meanwhile, entrapped in the ice, is thinking to himself... This will melt in two hours. It must have been formed with some kind of heat-absorbing chemical. By absorbing heat from the air around it, the ice will melt faster. In that case... In that case, I'm just going to pull the heel off my boot and use these nails on the other side (laughs) to create friction to melt the ice. But also using up more air. Indeed. So he's walking a very thin line between escaping... And using up all the energy, and not only is he, is he, so it's a vacuum. I mean, it's not a vacuum. It's 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 a it's an airtight. encased airtight encased yeah. ice chamber. So it's not that he's using up all. Well, he's using up all the oxygen and poisoning his air with CO two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now, if I was Batman, it was so obvious. I don't even know why I voiced it. That was. I'm not. I'm not that clever. I'm just trying to, really, sort of. Pick away at all the things. I like this very much, so I oh, like yes. this issue a lot. Um, if I was Batman, I'd hide little things around my person other than on my utility belt. Yeah, my ear, you know. Um, Have a little air filter somewhere, like tucked in your glove or something. I guess. I mean, but of course, I'm not Batman. But he gets out. He does get out in the nick of time, mm-hmm. busts through the melting wall. And then he puts in his infrared lenses in his eye slits. Really cool. I wish he wore those all the time. Imagine right? if he comes swooping down with those red, red eyes. Red eyes. Oof. Now he can pick up the beam of infrared light that the ruby is giving off. He sees the infrared beacon. But he follows it to a phone booth. What? The ruby he isn't here. It's a piece of paper. That's right. The weather wizard tumbled onto his trick and put the chemical from the ruby onto this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. I'm off to commit my third crime, which you can't stop because you don't know where or when it's going to take place. Now, he'd have to do this very quickly, the weather wizard. He'd have to... And so I, I, I was sitting here thinking about this piece of paper, and uh-huh. then he wrote this note to Batman uh-huh. and placed it on the in the phone booth. Yeah. Like, did he, like, take this paper and, and wrap it around the ruby and go... Or did he have some spare chemical? Like, how did he get... We just, okay, okay. Right. I'm obviously telling this because I'm going... When I read this, I said, are we supposed to believe <laughs> that the weather wizard identified the chemical that made it possible to see the infrared light and immediately made his own or had some in his toolbox, which he doesn't have on his person. Maybe he has it in his cloud somewhere. Maybe his cloud has a trunk. Well... You know, or did he just... Did you did you do this? You know, wrap it around the, the ruby and and what? You know, how did this happen? Now he had a way to detect the infrared with his weather stick. With his weather stick, so maybe he maybe. does have something in there that can yeah impart. Good save. However, mm. why can't then the ruby should still also be giving off an infrared tracking beam? Yes. Unless he did actually rub it all off onto the piece of paper. Yes. Let's just say he rubbed it off onto the paper. Okay. Okay. We'll say he rubbed it off. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I like that Batman now, uh, Batman does have his utility belt back, we should say. Yes. Because the weather wizard left it there in the cave. Even though Batman's in a phone booth (laughs) and is a millionaire, he's not going to spend a dime to use a public phone. He's going to use his own... (laughs) Two-way transistor radio uh, from his utility belt. Of Good course. for you. That's how people become millionaires. What? By pinching every penny. But <laughs> hasn't worked for us. <laughs> I think we're not uh, quite committed to pinching every penny. 
<laughs> if you want to know the truth. Like this morning, when I was online just waiting for church to begin, I was like, oh, something popped up on my feed. That's a cool shirt. Bye. <laughs> I'll buy one for Bob. Um, listener, I was the facilitator for church this morning because all the adults are on vacation. <laughs> And I had a heck of a time going back and forth sharing a screen with Zoom. Oh, my God. It's a complicated setup. It's not like a normal PowerPoint Zoom presentation. No. Oh, no. And the person who was uh, doing most of the heavy lifting was outdoors, and her Zoom went frozen, and then she lost sound. And Oh, it, it was, was a awful. nightmare. But, you know, I liked the bird song in the background. I that, was that was nice. Really Where was she? Uh, Eastern Shore of Maryland. Oh, wow. It's beautiful there. I guess God doesn't care. As no. long as we're there. Exactly. On Zoom. Yeah. Half, and, the, and the guest preacher was fantastic. She was. Yeah. Uh, half an hour later, in the Mayan room of the local museum, as the weather wizard bends above a small figurine, a one-of-a-kind collector's item, just like my uh, Rocketeer Mago action figure, <laughs> which I recently yes. didn't pinch a penny for. <clears throat> Where is it? It's up there by the castle, under Superman. Oh, okay. Uh... Batman rushes in to surprise Weather Wizard there at the Mayan room of the local museum. Mm -hmm. Uh, Weather Wizard is surprised to see Batman. How'd you find out where I'd be? And Batman says, a little birdie told me. A little bird. So I love this bottom panel, the drawing of this, the action. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Very Uh, nicely done. Batman sliding in for a low kick. Weather Wizard whipping up a blizzard. Awesome panels on these next... This next Fantastic page. artwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, splat, crash, uh, Weather Wizard creates a flash flood that's also going to do some damage to the museum. Absolutely. I'm afraid. Yeah. Not uh, only that, it's going to make the air around you incredibly dry. Batman whips out his bat rope and lassoes a priceless artifact there in the museum. <laughs> Light, yeah. Weather Wizard creates lightning indoors. Woo! He's not fucking around. No. Uh, a stone statue topples over and is destroyed, but also knocks out Weather Wizard and Batman. It's a good thing that that that, uh, that Batman and the Weather Wizard are uh, battling each other in this museum and using these priceless treasures yes. to take each other down. It's a great thing that Batman is secretly a millionaire because he's going to have to pay for all his damage, no, I would kidding. imagine. Do you think he has like an insurance scheme going? Like if he... Destroys half the city, battling a crook that it's just all sort of taken care of. There must be, right? I guess. Batman Inc. You know who was an insurance... LTD. (laughs) Go ahead. You know who was an insurance adjuster for a while? Charles Ives? No. In the DC Universe. Uh, No. Congo Bill. No. Yeah. Wow. So, uh... Here's where I cloud up and rain all over you, Weather Wizard. <laughs> I'm in a stormy mood myself, you oh, see. Stupid puns. <clears throat> After bat cuffs have been snapped onto the Weather Wizard and his weapon taken away from him, what did you mean, Batman, when you said a little bird told you where I'd be? A bird by the name of Robin. <laughs> I'd arranged with him to follow you by car from the sea cave and stay on your trail no matter what happened to me. When I found the note you doctored, I contacted him on my two-way radio transmitter, and he told me where you were. Allow me to introduce my most valuable treasure, Robin the Boy Wonder. Because of my wrists, Batman... <laughs> Batman gave me strict orders not to do no fighting. I was tempted to rescue him from the ice cube, but I obeyed orders. I'm sorry, I'm having a hard time reading. Obeyed orders as a good soldier should. Now, surely, Robin, as Batman's most valuable treasure, although he forbade you from fighting crime, surely saving his life is more important than tracking the weather wizard. Right? This is... <laughs> like, what if the the ice cave had been filled with water? Like, as it melted, it filled up with water. Batman's drowning, but he ordered me not to do anything, so I'll just watch him drown. I'm a good little soldier. Maybe I can dig a moat with my heel and even pull the water away from him as it starts to fill up. <laughs> Uh, but this uh, is interesting. Later in the Batcave, 
that was a lucky life-saving break when that statue happened to fall on the weather wizard. Ah, lucky break nothing. You said not to fight, but I figured that order didn't stop me from kicking over that statue into the weather wizard. That specifically contradicts the order, Robin. (laughs) If you can't save his life, you certainly can't kick a priceless statue over. You told me not to use my wrists, but you didn't say anything about my feet and my knees and whatnot. (laughs) Ah, Robin... Also, how is he driving? If he's still a boy wonder, that means he's not the teen wonder. How young is Robin here supposed to be? He's I in high school, right? In high school, but I'd say 15-ish. Hmm. Okay. Because he famously moves to becoming the teen wonder when he gets a little older. Can I just say something here? Yes, please. On the next page? Uh-huh. The Rocky and Bullwinkle thing? Uh-huh. It's a Rocky the and Bullwinkle ad for Cheerios. I was, when I read it, I just, I went ahead and read it because I was like, I love Rocky and Bullwinkle. Yeah. You know, and so I was reflecting upon how many boxes of Cheerios I ate as a child. I loved Cheerios. Did you? So much. Oh, I could not stand Cheerios. I loved them. Because they weren't coated with sugary frosting. Well, I would fix that. (laughs) I would have a big bowl of Cheerios and I would put my milk on it, and then put a crust of sugar on top of it. Okay. Oh, God. And I would always have Cheerios and bananas. Oh, I love Cheerios. Oh. Uh, you know what I have a problem with? What? Bullwinkle, the moose, saying Cheerios and milk give us people muscle-making protein. He ain't no people. He's not people. He's a moose. He's a moose. Um, my favorite breakfast cereal, oddly, was Grape Nuts. Oh my, what? Which I would do the same thing, coat okay. it in a quarter cup of sugar, okay, yeah, and then yeah. put milk on it, and yeah. then let it soften, Ew. and it become like a just a sugary, sugary porridge. <laughs> oh, it's the best. <laughs> Although it got, it would get stuck in your teeth. Yeah, for the rest of the day. Yes, you couldn't get those little kernels of grape nuts out. Oh my gosh, that's <sighs> great. Grape nuts. I, you know, you know what I didn't like about grape nuts? What? The serving size was so small. I wanted to be filled up. Who's looking at the serving size? The, as ball, a child? the boxes are, ch- are small, are tiny. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, you couldn't get the family size mm-hmm. of grape nuts. And if you wanted to convince your parents to spend the money and get name brand cereal, like mm-hmm. I had to, mm-hmm. you had to make sure that you got the large boxes on sale. Well, see, that's where I was tricky because Grape Nuts was presented as a healthy alternative to sugary breakfast cereals. <laughs> we used to get um, off-brand always, time, store brand, or sometimes there was this one uh, store that used to sell, oh my God, I just remember the name of it, Pantry Pride. Were Pantry in the bags Pride. on the bottom shelf? Yeah, we uh-huh. would get all that, because you know, we were really poor, so um, we would always get, or we would get like cereal that just was black and white boxes, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah, the 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 unbrands, mm-hmm. just a white box with black letters. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were certainly not rich, but my mother would not skimp on food. That's true. We would go clothesless to school if we had to, <laughs> but we would have three square meals a day and good food. She was such a good cook, I'll which she say. passed on to you. You are also a very well, good cook. I try. Thank you. Mm. Shall we play the elongated man song now? Yes, please. Elongated man, universally beloved, not hated man. His heroic destiny was fated man. He's the elongated man. Ralph Dibney was a circus fan, especially of the India rubber man. When he drank gingled like they all did, he became elongated. Beloved, not hated man His heroic destiny was fated man He's the elongated man He's the ductile detective The stretchable sleuth Got a nose for trouble And that's the truth Goes all over the world With his wife Sue They solve mysteries and have fun too Beloved, not hated man His heroic destiny is fated man He's the elongated 
He's the elongated man. He's Indeed, the elongated he is man. the elongated man. <laughs> Sorry, elongated man. Elongated man. Um, elongated man. Elongated man. I can't do it. Well, it's because it's not a it's not a compound word. It's two words. Right. So. Elongated man. I guess you could do it. Is it elongated or elongated? Elongated man. Elongated man. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Quaker City has the reputation of being a quiet place where nothing ever happens. And so it was until Sue Dibney went to a gypsy tea room and had her fortune told. Mm -hmm. Then Blue Fury broke loose as her husband, the elongated man, found himself compelled to act out his own future as foretold by the puzzling, the puzzling prophecies of the tea leaves. Now, Quaker City, as you probably know, Rob, is a village in Guernsey County, Ohio. Oh, okay. The population was 502 at the 2010 census. In 1960 census, it was 585. Oh, my. And it's the only Quaker City in the United States. So I know this has to be taking place in Quaker City, Ohio. Okay. There are currently four psychics operating Quaker City, Ohio. <laughs> you know this? Yes. Sam A.L. Wait a second. F what? Four. I know, right? Four? Yes. That's just under 1% of the population are psychics. Yeah. Are professional psychics. Uh, Sam A.L. That's not his real name, but the name Sam A.L. was mm -hmm. given to him in a mythic quest that oh, he undertook. Jesus Christ. Kira, Alyssa, mm -hmm. and Gypsy Salome, <laughs> whom I'm assuming is the psychic we're reading about in this story. Um, there is no fancy hotel of the sort that Ralph and Sue are staying in in Quaker City, Ohio. No. So I'm assuming they're staying at the Salt Fork State Park Lodge. <laughs> or else in one of the larger cities in the area like Cambridge or St. Clairsville. Okay. St. Clairsville, of course, home of the St. Clairsville Mall, where I used to go during college. It was an hour and a half drive, and we thought we were driving to paradise. You're kidding. No. Where's St. Clairsville? Is it toward Columbus? It's right... Uh, no, it's away from Columbus. It's right across the river from Wheeling. Oh, so it's really close to West Virginia. Yeah. 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 In a little gypsy tea room somewhere in Quaker City, Sue Dibney's... Uh, also, I, there are no tea rooms. Mm -mm. The may, maybe there were then. Not anymore. Not anymore. So Quaker City's fallen on hard times. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a little gypsy tea room somewhere in Quaker City, Sue Dibney squirms excitedly... <laughs> Uh, also, we're not supposed to use the word gypsy, so we'll say Romani. That's going to be hard to remember. If it's, I know. Yeah, okay. uh, the leaves indicate you are destined to take a fall. Master. Wait a second. What is this voice you're doing? I don't know. Can you do a tea leaf reader voice? The leaves indicate okay, you are good. destined to take a fall, madam, so be careful. Uh, and soon afterwards, an ominous voice will greet you when you return home. I don't believe in fortune telling, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? You don't believe what the girl said, Sue? Then bite your tongue for an hour later. Interesting she's... narrative choice there that the author is Gardner Fox is speaking to the character. The character. Yeah. Um, and look at this fancy lady walking her dog down the streets of Quaker City. Mm. It's really changed since these days. Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I've driven through. Uh, so the tea leaves were right. Her heel busts off of her shoe, and she takes a tumble. I love the expression of the woman walking the dog. It reminds me that that expression of the woman walking the dog reminds me of those, um, those um, paintings or drawings that, uh -huh. that, that people would do of the women whose slip suddenly fell down. Yes, Art Fram. Art Fram. F-R-A-H-M. Um, he was a painter in the mid-century, 40s and 50s. And his signature style... <laughs> I love these. ...was to paint pictures of, like, women standing at the bus stop, or and they usually have their arms full of groceries or hat boxes or things. Mm -hmm. And these are the days when women out in public would wear skirts. So in his paintings... The women are standing with their arms full. Be and there's a reason why their arms are full. So they, they can't 
so stop they can't what's about stop to what's about to happen. And what happens is that their oversized panties have <laughs> slipped down to their ankles. <laughs> And they're helpless, and it's, you know, a group of men usually standing around ogling, giggling, no one offering to help. Can you imagine? No. And the woman will just have like a, oh, my underwear's fallen down to my ankles, (laughs) that kind of look on her face. And then a man would, would, would paint so many of these. Yes. So I'm scrolling. You can find these images on lilex.com, James Lilex's website. How do you spell that? L-I-L-E-K-S dot com. Mm-hmm. His Institute of Official Cheer. Um, here's one uh, woman stepping onto the bus. And just as she steps onto the bus, not only has her purse dropped, and not only is there apparently an air current coming up from the floor of the bus to blow up her skirt, but her panties have fallen to her ankle. Right, and these aren't obscene. Like we're not actually seeing no, genitalia or anything. No, like no, that. no, 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 no. It's just it's it's what's implied, you know. It, and it's so funny that he's gotten so many. He's done so many of these paintings. Um, she's got an armful of groceries in a brown paper sack, and which is obviously about to rip. Uh huh. So that's going to cause more trouble. Um, here's another where a woman is taking mail to the post office to drop off and she's dropped all of her mail her groceries and her purse and (laughs) the contents of her purse have spilled out onto the steps of the post office and there's a postman standing in the door of the post office with a like oh shucks look on his face (laughs) next we have a woman standing at the bus stop arms both arms full of groceries uh Here's a woman. Oh, this poor woman has uh, groceries in one hand, uh, parcels from the department store in the other. She's crossing the street and she's in the median of the street and she's walking a dog. And the dog's leash is wrapped around her legs and also her panties have dropped to the ground. <laughs> Wait, did you see the one of the, the one of the woman bowling? Oh dear, she's gonna trip and fall on the. Oh my gosh. Here's a woman also full of groceries and shopping, walking her dog. Her grocery bag is ripping. All the grocery bags, by the way, have a giant stalk of celery sticking out of the top. There's a man with a jackhammer on the street, which is apparently what has caused her panties to fall down. Oh God. Oh, there's a million of them. Have a look. Lilex.com, L I L E K S.com. The Institute L-I-L-E-K-S of Official Cheer. Yes. Anyway, thank goodness that doesn't happen to Sue Divney. Also, thank goodness that her husband Ralph is nearby and he stretches his mighty elongated arm uh-huh. to catch her before she falls to the pavement, ripping his jacket in the process. Mm-hmm. That surprised me. That did too, and me too. As a matter of fact, I didn't even catch it when I first read it. I was wondering when, when was we move forward, she takes to repairing the sleeve of his jacket. And I thought, when, when did that happen? Well, this is not the Marvel universe where clothing can be made of unstable molecules which adapt to people's powers. Mm-hmm. I would think that he would have some method of stretching his suit coat. and Or since it's just his arm coming out of the sleeve... I don't know why that would rip anything. Well, I guess the most important the thing sudden, is he saved her from yes. falling. Thank goodness. Sue describes her luncheon at the tea room and... Miss Ada. The psychic said that she would have a fall, and indeed, she did. Mm-hmm. Then the psychic also warned that Sue would hear an ominous voice when she got home. So they get back to the hotel, and outside the door, they in fact hear an ominous voice. They say nothing ever happens in Quaker City, but beware! Oh my goodness, Ralph, listen to that. Stay put, honey. I'll handle this as the elongated man. <laughs> uh, Ralph ditches his... Ditches, sorry. Ditches his outer clothing and uh, revealing his elongated man costume, which he just received a couple of issues ago, as you recall, mm. his new costume. Okay. Into the room he slithers, and then Sue hears his mighty laugh. She comes in, and it turns out it's a minor bird in a gilded cage, repeating over and over. 
There's nothing ever. They say nothing ever happens in Quaker City, but beware. So Ralph's nose starts to twitch, Mm -hmm. which always happens when he detects a mystery. Mm -hmm. They go down to the lobby. Uh, The delivery man apparently had said that Sue had ordered the bird. So Mm -hmm. the hotel clerk just let him on up. Yep, go ahead. Nothing unusual here. So Ralph decides to visit the tea room. Mm -hmm. And he overhears the... Romany lady. Prophet of Quaker City. Telling an old woman that the leaves show a fortune of $100,000 coming to you in the mail, Mrs. Harrow. Mm. Oh, thank goodness. It's been so hard since my husband died. Now, Mrs. Harrow departs, and Ralph hits up the fortune teller. What's the idea of sending a minor bird over to our room? What are you up to? Nothing. I only interpret the tea leaves. They tell the future. He's like, ah, come off it. Nobody has the ability to read the future from tea leaves. She goes, that's your opinion. As a matter of fact, I see by the leaves that you are going to stop a robbery this very night. Right. The robbery will take place at 10 o'clock in the loftiest jewel salon on Chapel Street. Three men will attempt to rob it. You will stop them. Oh, no, I won't. My future includes theater tickets for a hit show tonight, and that's where I'm going to be at 10 o'clock. Wait and see. Hit show there in, in, in... There's Quaker no uh, theater in Quaker City, so I suspect they are going to the Cambridge Little Theater in Cambridge, <laughs> where I made my stage debut in Pirates of Penzance. Oh! <laughs> Not my stage debut, but it was my debut as a leading player. As a tenor. As Frederick. Yes. The Pirate Apprentice. How did you do that? How was it? How, how well did you do in that role? Well, I just uh, acted the, my little socks off. Uh-huh. Um, I wasn't actually wearing socks. They were full-length stockings because, as you know, I had to wear knee breeches as a pirate. And uh, I sang everything in a delicate falsetto because I am not a tenor. No. So uh, it was something, I can tell you. I did a tenor role once when I was very young and I also had the damnedest time navigating it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Otherwise, they may be in Wheeling, West Virginia. Close enough to uh, Cambridge, Ohio, or Wheeling. Cambridge, Ohio, or Wheeling. Maybe on Marietta. Maybe they would have a riverboat show in Marietta. (laughs) Whatever it is, he's got tickets to see it. He's got tickets to see it, and he is stewing because I am not going to make that gypsy look good by rushing off wherever she says I'm going. Not in a million years. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. That's Mm -hmm. exactly what Sue says. But around the middle of the second act, she goes, she's thinking to herself, look at him. He can hardly sit still, and his nose is twitchier and jumpier than I've ever seen it. He can't wait to get going. His nose is so twitchy that it extends <laughs> into, the, into hair. the next row, into the hair of a woman in front of him. Nothing creepy about that. No. <laughs> Thank goodness Sue is there. Ralph right? Dibney, get your nose out of that lady's hair, too. <laughs> Well, it serves a right for having that high hair. You can't go to the theater with hair high, Even piled up You don't on top expect someone's going to poke their nose through your hair. You have people behind you can't see if your hair's that high. Plus, sense. someone's nose might poke into it. <laughs> have some sense, lady. In a few minutes, well, Ralph decides to go chase the mystery. And uh, he appears before the Loftus Jewel Salon. Now, this is definitely not in Quaker City. It must be Cambridge. It has a nice little downtown area. Mm-hmm. Um, so he discovers that indeed there are robbers inside the jewel store. So he stretches through the keyhole, winds his arms around the crooks, and punches and them both. Punches them out. And then knocks their heads together. Yes. That's kind of cool. Good for him. Yeah. After turning the robbers over to the police, the elongated man pays a late visit to the tea room. And he's going to find out just what Miss Ada has going on here. Right. So as he looks, as pokes his head inside, he sees these two men. Yeah. And they... He thinks that Miss Ada may be the gang leader. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but no, there are two men in there. There's an open safe, and the two men are discussing an envelope full of $100,000 that they just found. Mm-hmm. Um, the crooks figured that the tea room did good business, so I guess they were there to steal the payroll or something. Sure. But they had no idea they would find $100,000 cash in an envelope. Mm-hmm. Which, well, we'll come back to that in a minute. <clears throat> so Ralph grabs the safe, knocks it into the crooks, captures them, smashes them together. He's got a head-smashing theme going on this <laughs> he week. Does, he does. Miss Ada, who lives above the tea shop, uh, is startled awake and comes down and wants to know what's going on. And uh, at this point, I imagine she's no longer using her accent. Right. You think it was fake all along. Mm-hmm. So Ralph demands to know what she's doing with an envelope full of $100,000 addressed to Mrs. Harrow. You mean this gal was going to mail cash through the mail? Rookie mistake. I I would never mail $100,000. But, you know, when we were kids, we'd get like a uh, $10 bill or a $5 bill from our grandparents. Not not me, because my parents refused to allow anyone to mail cash in the mail because it would be stolen. We're, and also, my mother... Well, I didn't grow up in Flytown like you did. <laughs> my mother was always warning us about gypsies. It's true. She was. My grandmother lived six blocks away from us, and her um, house bordered some woods, which then bordered railroad tracks. Mm-hmm. And my mother and grandmother both said that we were not allowed to go into the woods because there were gypsies on the tracks, and that we'd get kidnapped by gypsies. In Columbus, Ohio. In Columbus. Well, Grandview Heights. <laughs> it was a little more elegant than just saying Columbus, Ohio. Um, <sighs> the Woods had actually been part of a country club, mm-hmm. the Aladdin Country Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my mother, when they moved into the house, my mother was 12 years old. And the Aladdin Country Club clubhouse stood directly behind their house. But it burned down. Then I guess the country club closed. (laughs) But you could still see right behind my grandmother's house was the circular drive, which Mm -hmm. would bring people up to the country club clubhouse. Fascinating, isn't it? It is fascinating. Whenever you talk about your mother as a child, all I can think of, like, um, I've seen pictures of her as a child. Uh But in my mind, as you were telling me that story, I was hearing this. Like the little rascals? Yes, the little rascals music in my head. I'm sure that's exactly what our life was like. <laughs> um, so, Ralph accosts Miss Ada. You planted a minor bird in my room, figuring it would make me curious and come to see you. I suppose you saw Sue's loose heel and knew that sooner or later she'd take a tumble. But what's behind all of this? Says, my name is Alice Avery. You knew my father, Andrew Avery. You mean Rock'em Sock'em Avery? He was a real tough businessman, all right. Years ago, as Ralph Dibney, I had dealings with him, to my regret. Very interesting choice now. I What I remember about reading this is that at this moment, when he's taken down the robbers, knocked them out, knocked them unconscious, and he's confronted her, she sits on her staircase. Mm-hmm. Not in a chair, not at ease. She's on her staircase. Well, she's ashamed of her father's misdeeds. I'm just acknowledging that I think it's a really good choice of a setting for this conversation. Um, We should mention, you were talking earlier about how you liked this art better Mm -hmm. than the Batman story. Mm -hmm. Well, it's both penciled by Carmine Infantino, but he here is inking himself. Whereas in the Batman story, he was much heavier. Inked. Yeah. Was heavier, but also somehow looser. Yeah. Like it's a more... I don't even know how to describe it. Well, it, it's it's out of its time. It's anachronistic. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of what I was seeing in the 80s. Well, okay. Yeah. It's very loose, yeah. very bold, um, very mood-driven. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not uh, so literal. Right, 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 right. So anyway, when Rock'em Sock'em Avery died... Um, he, re- he regretted his earlier life and wanted to make amends to people he hurt. So when he died and left his fortune to his daughter, Alice, 
She bought the tea room and used it as a front to arrange to give people the money they might have made on deals had my father not outsmarted them. That's an elaborate scheme. This is like uh, Touched by an Angel a little bit. Oh! What? Yes, it is. Except they didn't hand out money. They just handed out meaningless platitudes, followed by a jaunty song by Della Reese. Shut what? Your face. I actually love that show. Me too. Even though I was forced to watch it. Mm. So, for instance, he felt he owed a debt to John Loftus, who owns the jewelry store, so she finagled elongated man into catching the crooks who intended robbing. Mm-hmm. She happened to overhear his plans for the robbery. Um, just before Sue came in to see her, and she knew that Sue was married to Ralph, and so uh, also knew that Ralph had been taken advantage of by her father. You've got plenty of money, so I thought I'd just give you a mystery. <laughs> Well, that's a nice gesture. It is. Um, he has money, of course, because Sue is an heiress. Mm-hmm. And he's inherited her money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Ralph loves a mystery. So your debt is repaid with interest. Interesting. And the capture of these two crooks turned out to be a special bonus for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so she, just as she sent the minor bird, she had prepared the money to mail to Mrs. Harrow. What's she going to do with the minor bird after this? Uh, they'll probably take it back to the shelter. <laughs> to the minor to Have the you bird heard sh- about all those people that adopted dogs during the pandemic and now they're going back to work? So they're just taking the dogs back to the shelter. What? Hateful, hateful creatures <sighs> are humans. Oh, oh my God. Mrs. Harrow is the last of her obligations, and after she sends her the money, she has finished her tasks. But I wonder, will she keep the tea room open? Hmm, interesting. Later, in the Dibney's hotel room at the Salt Fork State Park Lodge, mm-hmm. and Quaker City's reputation as a place where nothing ever happens has been shattered for good. She says, how true. Quaker City is, is a fun town now. Well, now, and I'm, I'm wondering, she is sewing his jacket. Still sewing up his jacket. And he's eating an apple. Yep. From a giant bowl of apples that's sitting beside his chair. Well, I imagine he has very high metabolism because of all the things he does to his body. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I bet they grow the apples right there in Salt Fork State Park. Yeah. And just deliver them to the room. Sure. Well, I enjoyed this issue. Me too. Thank you. When you told me we were going to be reading Detective Comics, and I was like, oh, God. And it's a Batman. I don't like Batman's costume. I never have. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, even like the movie costumes with nipples and whatnot? Oh, I like the costumes in the movies. I like the all-black costume. I There's something about his gray tights and the gray upper torso and, and the tall black boots that he wears. Something about it that just makes me... He just doesn't look right. He doesn't look strong. I don't think that Batman's drawn strongly, but I, you know, I know, I know... There are a lot of, uh, there. we have two listeners, and both of them probably like Batman and probably think I'm an idiot, but that's okay. Well, you also famously believe that Batman's normal human strength can defeat any enemy on the Earth. D- don't test me on this. <laughs> He's very strong. He's uh, stronger than average, but it still is within the realm of human strength. <laughs> You can find us on social media at Google Check Pod. You can find Dr. Husband on his own podcast, Liberally Speaking. And you can find us right back here next week. Don't forget to rate and review and tell all your friends. Yes, please do. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.